Welcome to Third Eye Science. I'm your host, Susan Von Toon, and in this podcast, we'll explore the lines between science and spirituality. As a scientist and a yogi, I've found that these two realms do not have to be mutually exclusive. With the mind of a logical scientist, I've navigated my own spiritual journey with a curious and open mind. I'll share lessons and tools that I've found along the way and have compelling conversations with spiritual leaders, teachers, yogis, and fellow travelers about their experiences and practices. In this age of information and misinformation, it's time to interpret and understand the world with your third eye. Welcome to Third Eye Science, or welcome back for those of you who have listened to previous episodes. I want to start off by thanking you. Thank you for showing up and listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to previous episodes. I also want to thank all the people who have reached out with feedback and or questions, because it has really been inspiring me about um, like, ooh, gives me more um, thoughts on what to talk about. And also, it has really made me realize why I'm doing this more so than I knew before. And again, Zuzu is sitting in this space with me <laughs> meowing. Um, so yeah, I got, I got multiple people who told me about experiences that they had and that what I was talking about really helped them understand it. Or at least they reached out to me feeling like, oh, this is someone who knows about that experience. And it made me realize that that's why I'm doing this is that there are, I'm having a lot of spiritual experiences, for lack of a better term, metaphysical experiences that I have slowly started talking about and I haven't really delved into it that deeply in the first few episodes, but I'm going to do that today (laughs) because I think that it's really helpful for people not only to expand their mind to what is possible, but also some people have are are having these experiences and don't really have the context of what what it is and they're just it's just sometimes really helpful to hear someone else talk about it and then it can put it in context. But most importantly, I do want to say that it's everything that you experience is through your own perspective and your own view and what is most important is what does it mean to you so I was listening so I um, drove back from LA today from teacher training I was I was I've been away for three weekends in a row and I'm actually just so happy to be home today I got home at like 1 15 and had time to actually go grocery shopping and, and I'm going to be here next weekend. So it was worth having food in the house and um, go for a walk. And I listened to a few podcasts on the way home in, oh, I have to tell you the follow-up to my prosperity story is that I, the following week, I, I realized, okay, it's time to buy a new car, right? And I I basically said that in episode two. Um, And I knew I wanted a hybrid. I knew I wanted it to be comfortable. And I kind of had, I thought that I was supposed to buy, (laughs) I don't know. I had talked to a bunch of people and all signs were pointing to the Kia Nero, but I had never even been in one. I'd barely even seen one. And I had it in my head that that's what I was gonna get and then I thought oh on my way down to I was driving to Ojai last Friday 
to stay with my friend, and then we were going to L.A. the next day for a white tantric um, meditation all day. And then, but so that morning, so I was I was thinking, there's not a Kia in Santa Cruz, a Kia dealership. So it was going to be really inconvenient, and, and so... I thought, okay, well, I'll, there is one in Salinas, which is on my way out of town. And so I was going to stop there. But then that morning in meditation, I got the message, no, go to Toyota, like right now, <laughs> like this morning. And so I was like, all right, you know, I went to Toyota at like maybe 10 in the morning. You know, I did my thing in the morning and then I roll into Toyota. Mind you, I... I think I mentioned this, I've never bought a new car. So I did not know that you could walk into a dealership and drive away in a new car. So that was not what I was thinking was happening. I was just going to drive. I actually drove a RAV4 because they have new hybrids, although they didn't have any hybrids. So I drove a regular RAV4 and it was just too much car for me. And I knew that the Nero would kind of feel that way too. And so I was like, all right, I'll drive a Prius because it's the hybrid. And I had been the person who rolls her eyes at people who drive Priuses <laughs> because it's like everyone who drives a Prius drives like a grandma. I know I shouldn't say everyone, but that is the extreme bias that I had. And and I also just, I don't know, I didn't love them. And I, but that week I had kind of opened my eyes to it. Like, well, maybe the Prius is the right thing for me. So I get in the Prius, long story short, I get in the Prius and it is just so comfortable and feels so luxurious, of course, compared to the car I had, but it was just, I was sold like immediately. <laughs> and so... And I had told the guy, well, I'm kind of in, in, you know, in a rush. I wasn't planning on being here for that long because I'm going to Ojai this afternoon. And he's like, oh, you're not going to Ojai in that car. <laughs> um, typical salesman. But he actually, well, I wound up talking to him about, because, you, you know, if anyone has ever experienced buying a new car at a car dealership, there's a lot of sitting around with the car, the the salesman while the financing things are happening and he and I were talking about kundalini yoga <laughs> so hopefully he comes to kundalini yoga um but I I just want to I wanted to tell that story so that you you know that like I followed through on that ping right it's like I had the realization that it's time for a new car and then I just went and bought a new car and then drove to Ojai that day with, with the new car. Um, and then drove down to LA again this weekend. And I just feel like I've really stepped into this new um, willingness to bring abundance in my into my life. So that that was really... A big step for me. But so then this weekend, what happened was at teacher training, we were doing a meditation. So it was all about being the teacher. And, and there's teacher, like all the yoga teachers out there, like I have been in the past. And, and then there's you know, and there's teachers of all sorts of things. And then there's the teacher with a capital T. That's what our instructor Amrit Singh was saying. He would say capital T. Um, and that's someone who's willing to be a teacher by embodying the practice. And by practice, I mean, we were talking about the in the context of Kundalini Yoga, but really it's it's a being a teacher on the level of spiritual leader, right? I have to be if I if I want to call myself a teacher with a capital T, then I have to live all of the things that that I'm talking about. I can't 
suggest to people to do this or that or the other thing if I'm not doing it. And, um, and so it was really powerful, but we were also doing this. We did this meditation where we held our hands. So your hands was straight up like you were doing like a stop sign. And your thumb was as far away from your finger as you could get it, like an L. But your fingers were together. And both hands were in this position. And then the hands were just, the arms were relaxed alongside the body, but the hands were right in front of the shoulders. And I I don't know how long we did it. I think we probably did that part of it for 11 minutes. And he, so we did that and then the second part of this set sequence was that same hand position, that same mudra, but your arms were straight above your head and you were moving your arms around like you were kind of like stirring. He said stirring the ethers. And I was, and it was another probably 11 minutes. Um, and then was there... There was there were a couple more parts to it, and I'll have to look up the exact things that we did. It's in the library of teachings, but it then he had us partner up with just someone right next to us and talk about what is the thing that we have in our mind or our being that is keeping us from being the teacher that we want to be. And, and, you know, he prompted questions like that during the meditation as well. Like, what kind of teacher do you want to be? And letting, oh, the other thing we did was this scooping. The very first thing we did was we had the arms, it was like your arms are just out in front of you and you're, it's like you're throwing something over your shoulder And so it was this, it was a lot of releasing and then a lot of calling it in, calling in what, who you want to be, what do you want to be? And I just really felt it deeply. And then when we, we partnered up, I happened to be sitting next to someone, a very dear friend of mine who has known me for a couple of years and he. And it's funny because, like, we don't usually sit right next to each other. And so, but of course, for this exercise, he was sitting next to me and was my partner because he had this insight that just cut right through, right through to the core. And we have this habit of doing that with each other. He's done that for me many times where he's says or does something that just really activates something in me and in and in many sometimes it's really challenging and sometimes it's really profound and sometimes it's really beautiful and well it's always really beautiful but I and I think I do that for him too and so the thing that came up for me was that what I realized that I'm still, there's still part of me that's holding back my, my radical truth. And I always am worried that people are going to think I'm crazy. (laughs) And, and I say that like I, and his observation was that I have used that word over and over again in 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 my our discussions about my spiritual journey like this is crazy we're doing this crazy yoga we're doing this crazy stuff and I do and it made me realize like yeah I do I say that all the time and so I am it like it just hearing that that you know him pointing that out that I said that so often about my own my own experiences just made me realize like that's such judgment on myself like it's not that and yes there might be people out there that think I'm crazy but 
most of the people that I'm talking to about it, about it, don't think I'm crazy. <laughs> and they, in fact, like, are like, oh, yeah, tell me more, you know, or they want to hear about what the experience is for me. And, and, and just earlier that afternoon, I, or that day, I had been talking to this teacher trainer who was our guest teacher trainer. And we, um, I talked to him about that exercise and said, yeah, it was so powerful. We, there was just so much clearing happening. And, and I told him, I can see, I can see the energy. And there was just a lot happening in the room. And he was, he was like, well, what does it look like? You know, he just genuinely wanted to know he didn't, he wasn't looking at me like I was crazy. And so I realized because even in the Kundalini community, not everyone is having the same experiences that I am. And that doesn't make me better or worse or it's just different. Everyone's experience is different. And so I also want to remind everybody, just state again that I am just sharing my perspective and my experience and I have zero um, interest in changing anyone's mind about something. But the fact that you're listening to this means that there's something that you find intriguing about the spiritual journey that I'm on and there's something about your own spiritual journey that you you can relate to what I'm experiencing. And so that's another thing that I've had a couple of people direct message me and tell me about experiences they've been having and they just didn't know anyone else that they could talk to because they don't have a community of people. Like I'm in this amazing community of yogis and I also live in Santa Cruz where people are pretty open to all of it and what I'm realizing is there was still this deep part of me that was holding back and just not really telling everyone all the experiences and and I'm not saying that I'm going to start going around telling everyone Oh yeah, I I can see your aura and your aura right now <laughs> looks this way, you know. I'm not I'm not going to do that. There are times when it's appropriate and when people ask then I can choose I can use discernment about whether I want to share information. And so some of the things um that I you know, I I described the chakras experience that I had during one of the long, long meditations, the two and a half hour meditation I had done a few weeks ago. And that's seeing the chakras and then seeing them merge together. And I just want you to know that if you've never really, if you don't know anything about chakras, so I also had someone who is a friend of mine tell me after listening she realized that she was seeing her third eye she was seeing purple and and sometimes you just don't know what that is oh i see colors like yeah when you're when you close your eyes and you see colors it's that you are actually seeing energy and those colors have different meaning and i'm still pretty new to that it's really only been the last six seven eight months that I've recognized that that's what that was but I also realized that I've had that experience many times in my life um, but now it's always like I always when I close my eyes I see colors and that's what I've come to realize is that it's or what it means to me is that I'm seeing my aura and then if I tune in to other people I can see theirs and so it's not like I'm physically seeing colors around people I'm actually it's only when I close my eyes and tune into people but it also I don't have to be near the person so it's just I can also I've been empathic my entire life and everybody knows sort of what that means. Like, oh, you can feel other people's feelings. And anyone who knows me knows 
like even when I was a child, like I was that person that would, if someone else was crying, I would start crying. And I, you know, I was always super empathetic, but it's, it's an actual, like, (laughs) I can literally feel people's feelings. And what Kundalini yoga has done for me has, has opened up that gift. It really is a gift but it's also, I you have to be really careful with that. And I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this who are drawn to this podcast have the same thing. And honestly, what has given me the ability to have to, I don't have to feel other people's feelings now. Like I used to have zero control over it. And now with my practice. And that is by strengthening all of my chakras and my magnetic field. That's your aura is your magnetic field. And by the way, there is also science that has is actually able to measure magnetic fields, because we are energy beings. And that may sound like some, oh, some like, that's what spiritual people talk about, like high vibration and low vibration and, and being an energy being. But science shows that we are energy beings. Like you can measure it physically. And so it makes perfect sense that if you start opening up all of your perceptions, so beyond those physical senses by using the third eye and your intuition, you can see the energy and that will manifest differently for, for everyone. So for me, it manifests in colors and some people may hear things. Some people may see things with their eyes. Some people may just know things. That is another one of the gifts that I have, which is it's clairsentience where I just know things. And there's no reason for me to know them. And I and by <laughs> by that I mean like I know that something's going on with someone, or I know um, that I'm supposed to do this thing, and and then I just follow. I call them pings. I get these pings of like, or a download. I'll get a download that I'm supposed to do something, or something's happening to someone, and it's just. And people are like, well, how do you, how do you know? And all I can say is I just know (laughs) it's like, and it's, it doesn't make sense to us with our human brains in our conditioned society culture, but it makes perfect sense when you really open your mind to the fact that we are all connected by energy and so some of us who are more sensitive can can feel that energy in different ways. And I also want to say that every single person that is listening to this right now has those gifts as well. It just is a, it may manifest differently for you. But there are many There are many other things that have been happening for me. I get downloads about, I've gotten, like I remember past lives. That's something I've never said publicly, I don't think. Um, And again, I'm careful about who I, or I, I am discerning about who I talk to about that. But I'm also starting to realize that this is, This is the new normal because the energy of this time is changing so much that it is going to become normal for people to to be able to remember. It goes back to the quantum field, like when I was talking about deja vu in that other episode, that you can reach this time and space is only meaningful in this third dimension that we're in on earth. Time and space is meaningless in other dimensions. And so there's no reason if you've had a past life, 
or even a future life in some other dimension. There's no reason why you can't connect to that in some way. The other thing I want to mention is that it's it's also not beyond reason for you, and, and by you I mean you, to be able to communicate with spirits like your spirit guides or your, your loved ones who have passed over because we are all eternal and when someone leaves their body, that's all they're doing is leaving their body and their soul goes to another place in time and you can connect to that because you have, you have a, an eternal connection with that person. And so the reason I'm saying that is because I really want, I really want to empower everyone to, to really try to open their minds to the fact that they too has, have these gifts. I was listening. Oh yeah. I started this by saying that I was listening to a few podcasts, but one of the things that I heard I was listening to almost 30 podcasts and they had Danielle Page on. She's an astrologer that I really love, but she's also, um, she's developing other gifts. Like she's an intuitive and she's, uh, essentially a psychic medium and that's all coming to her as she's doing these astrology readings. But she was talking about how when people are always going to someone else for answers, like that's giving your power away. You're saying, I can't, I can't answer this question for myself. So I need, I need you to tell me like a medium or a psychic or some kind of healer. And it's, I think it's really good in the beginning as you're, when you feel compelled to go to some kind of healer or spiritual teacher or a psychic or anything like that, I think that it's, it can be really helpful in the beginning for you to just for you to it, it gets you started. And it kind of just being in the presence of that person or being in the presence of that vibration, that healing, if it's a distance thing, because a lot of these people now do them over the phone, I've done sessions with mediums over the phone. And you're getting into that vibration with them. And it sort of opens you up, your body then knows, oh, I I can go there. And so I think it can be if you feel called to doing that, it can be really helpful in the beginning. The thing that I think you have to be, we all have to be careful about, and I include myself in this, is, is feeling the need to keep going to all these healers or these psychics or whatever. I don't even know what to call. What, what do you even call that kind of group of people? People who have these, these abilities. Um, if you keep having to go to them for answers, like I'm not going to make this decision until I talk to my astrologer or I'm not going to, I need to find out this or that. Like I just really encourage you to do your own research. And by research, I mean sitting with yourself quietly and asking. Asking and listening. Because you have all of the answers within you. And really what our journey in this life is about is uncovering them. And that has been my experience. And so I also want to say that I've, um, yeah, so I've, I now communicate with my spirit guides and by communicate, I mean, after meditation. So I do these specific meditations that are Kundalini based, but I do them. I have one that Kirtan Kriya, which I talked about. I've done that for two, two years. 
for 11 minutes. And then right now I'm doing one that's for prosperity. And I'm also doing one for that's called Let There Be Peace. It's part of the Spirit Voyage Global Sadhana. And it's this really beautiful mantra. But then I always leave time at the end for to just listen. And I and what I've found is sometimes my guides come and now I'm getting to know them. And and it's not I don't hear a voice, although some people do. Like I said, this would be different for everyone. The experience is different for everyone. But for me, it feels like um it's like my thought. But I know it's not my thought, if that makes sense. Um, It's like a telepathic conversation. And then sometimes I've had archangels come to me who I didn't even know. Turns out Metatron, Archangel Metatron, has been helping me a lot. And now I know it's him. And I see... I I have also had ascended masters come and so when I feel that it's a different energy I ask who it is and then it's it's the first name that comes to mind like one time Jesus came to me and I was like really Jesus like I'm not into Jesus at all like <laughs> but Jesus is an ascended master and when you take the religion out it's like what was Jesus's message is like love and compassion. And how can I not resonate with that? Right. And, and so I'm just saying this so that you can open your mind to the fact that it can be who, whatever you need, that's who's going to come to help you. And they're there, whether you see them or feel them or not. But you also, if you feel like connecting with your guides, you can do that. And all you have to do is ask as you just call them in. You just say, guides, I'd like to communicate with you. It doesn't have to be like some specific prayer that sounds fancy. Like talk to them the way you talk. And that's how, and then that's the other thing I'd like to say is that my guides talk to me the way I talk. Because that's how they know is I'm going to relate, right? So they kind of even use phrases that I use. The other thing that I was going to talk about is that, so not only do I see light and color as energy, I also see geometry. And if you're at all into sacred geometry and that intrigues you, just start looking up Google some sacred geometry and look at it on the internet. It can be really helpful to just get a picture in your mind. Look up Metatron's cube. It's the coolest thing ever, by the way. The Merkaba vehicle, it's essentially the Merkaba is the star of David as a 3D. So it's like a pyramid pointing up and a pyramid pointing down. And those those two shapes really resonate with me, but now I see like energy grids and it looks like geometry and I see them in, like I saw the geometry at white tantric. So at white tantric, you're sitting across from your partner. This is an all day long meditation. Everyone's wearing white. Everyone's wearing a head covering and The one we went to in L.A., it was at UCLA in this huge room, like an auditorium. And it was lines of people, partners, essentially. And I think it was over 600 people were there. And we, you look into your partner's eyes. And the first meditation we did, we held each other elbow to elbow. And then we swayed back and forth. Like I would go back and then she would go back and back and forth with a mantra for 62 minutes. <laughs> yes. Like, have you looked in the eyes of another human being for more than a minute? Probably not. Unless you've done white tantric, in which case you have done plenty of it. But so we, you do like a sequence of 
these meditations, the first two, so we would do 62 minutes and then we'd have a 30 minute break and then 62 minutes and a 30 minute break. And then we did a 31 minute and it also, so one of them was breath related. All of them are breath related, but one we had to do, we did the one minute breath, which is inhale for 20 seconds hold for 20 seconds, exhale for 20 seconds. So you've done one breath cycle in a minute. And side note, the yogis say that your life is ex- the is basically measured by how many breaths you're going to take. And you have a specific number of breaths for your lifetime. And so the longer you have the longer breath you have the longer you're going to live but so 20 that one minute breath is really challenging and then we were doing it in sync with our partners and so then you find a place if you can't do the full 20 seconds you find some place like 10 to somewhere between 10 and 20 seconds that works for both of you and then you synced up your breath by holding hands it was so intense so needless to say, white tantric is you basically are confronted with all of your inner neuroses. <laughs> and like, I think for a lot of people, even just having someone look, seeing them, really seeing them for the first time in their lives can be incredibly intense and powerful. But we, I could see the geometry. I understood why. Yogi Bhajan set it up. It's like there's this diagonal geometry that goes along the line of partners. So I'm connected to my partner, but I'm also connected to the people on the sides of her. And then it just zigzags all the way down the line. And when I say I see that, I'm not like I'm not physically seeing it, but it's like in my. If I close my eyes, I, I see it. Like, it's like a visualization. So if that's at all, like, ringing true for you or resonating or feeling, I don't know, intrigues you, then just take a moment <laughs> to to do feel into what practice would serve you in, in expanding that. Because it is a gift. And honestly, when you can see the energy that's happening in a room, in every situation, it is always helpful. It is, it has been incredibly helpful. So now I'm bringing that into my life, not, not just in meditation, right? Or in the yoga room. I can, I can see energy in public places and at work and I know what's going on with people without them telling me and that may sound weird or creepy but it's just the way it is <laughs> and so I have I am taking the um, I'm making the commitment to radically accept myself and so that's why I'm going to call this episode Radical acceptance. Because this is how we have to share our truth. No matter how weird or crazy it sounds. And that's the last time I'm going to use that word. Um, But this is going to become the new normal people talking about this and if you live in a community or even in a family where that is just not accepted I urge you to just believe in yourself and do what feels right for you continue your practices take the little breadcrumbs like follow the breadcrumb trail when something sounds interesting to you like oh a sound bath that sounds interesting I should go to that and 
you go to that and then you meet someone there who says, oh, I'm doing this thing. And then that sounds good. And, and you just keep following these breadcrumb trails. That's honestly, that's how I have found all of the people who have expanded me into this, into where I am. And I, and I am just getting started, honestly, like, yes, I've been practicing. I'm, I mean, I've been intuitive my whole life. I've been empathic my whole life, but I, I am really just the last couple of years in a place where I'm realizing what I'm truly, what is really happening and believing in myself. Because it's really easy when you're having a telepathic conversation, it's really easy to convince yourself that it's not real. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's the, that is another t- place where you have to have discernment. And like, really, when you know it's really true, you have to be really clear with yourself. Is this just something I want to be true? Or, you know, when you get the, you ask a question and you get an answer that you don't, didn't really want to hear, or you're only wanting to hear a specific answer and the, and it muddies the, the message then, you know, you have to be really honest with yourself about, are you taking your ego out of this? Because our ego wants to put everything in a box. We've been raised in a culture where we put everything in a box. This is the way things are. Rewatch the matrix. (laughs) I'm telling you that movie is more documentary than you can imagine. Even Star Wars. People laugh at me, but like we, well, in we joke about this in teacher training that this is Jedi training, and it is. It's like we are able to do so much more than our minds, you know, our minds are blocking us from doing so many things, and it's it's mostly a remembering. So we're uncovering. All this stuff. This is something that I love to say to tell people. Yogi Bhajan talked about he's just like the trash collector. He's just taking out the garbage. That is why we meditate is to take out the garbage. It's you don't meditate to have a blissful experience every time. Every once in a while you may have one. But a lot of times it's just like, really? That's what's going on in my head? (laughs) But when you can like observe it neutrally and just let it up and out, it's so powerful. It is just such an amazing thing to end movement. So in Kundalini Yoga, we have very specific movements that do very specific things for our nervous system. But I would even say that any kind of yoga and then if whatever kind of physical activity resonates for you, When you do something that brings you joy and you just really love it, do more of it. That is, that is a spiritual practice. And I just want everyone to understand that like everyone's path is different. And just because this, all of the things that I've done is working for me doesn't mean that it's the thing that's going to work for you. Or that at some point I won't move on from it. I know that like the way things have been for me in my life, I have often done something for a little while and then I get what I needed from it and then I move on. And it's it's just part of my process and we don't need to judge ourselves for it. And that's another thing that I really, I I had to let go of a lot of stuff around that because I'm I pride myself in being this committed person and I'm super disciplined and determined and um I when something no longer serves me I now unapologetically let it go and that is something that took a long freaking time for me to get there but I don't have to have angst over it I just let it go 
It's no longer serving me. And at the same time, if you have feelings around it, it's good to look at those feelings. What what is coming up and why looking at the shadow aspects in your life is literally the most insightful thing that you can do to learn about yourself. And really, what are we all here for? We're, we're here to learn about ourselves and to have a human experience. And so emotions are part of that. The other thing I also want to talk about is how I was also listening to the Robcast Rob Bell, if you guys have never listened to him, he's awesome. And he's a writer. He's he's like a preacher. <laughs> he's not really a preacher, but he he was a pastor and now he's um more of a kind of he just does public speaking and he's creative and he he was talking about like how Sometimes you have these creative things that are brewing in you and you just have to put them into the world and they may never get seen by anyone. He talked about an entire book he wrote that no one wanted to publish and so it's sitting on a shelf. Like He's published 10 books, but he has, I think, a few books that have not been published that he wrote, but it's still alive, you know, because he, he created it. And what is that thing that you have been meaning to create in your life? Because we all, we're creator beings. Like, that's what we do. And it just, if you're an engineer or a scientist or something that you you don't think about as, like, traditionally or more in the, along the lines of creative, although I will say that I think science and engineering and all of that is super creative. It's really creative. And actually, so many of the scientists and engineers I know also have this very artistic side. Um, but we're all creator beings. And so what is the thing that you've you've been thinking about maybe your whole life? Like, I've always wanted to, I don't know do write a book or sing sing in front of people or just anything it can be literally anything painting drawing anything creating a podcast <laughs> um obviously i listen to a lot of podcasts and that is why I started a podcast because for me, it's so convenient to listen to podcasts. I have, there are certain parts of my job that I can do while listening to a podcast, but I also listen while I'm driving or while I'm running or while I'm walking. So I have a lot of time, not a lot, but I have times in my life. I will, I just don't, I don't sit down and watch TV. I would much rather listen to a podcast and I don't um, sit and watch YouTube videos. Like I just don't, I just love that podcasts you can listen while you're doing other stuff. It's just like, it's the efficient person in me just loves it. I'm a multitasker, but you know, I also realize that a big part of this, so not only am I doing this so that I can expand other people into whatever they might be awakening in themselves. But I also did this to heal myself, really. I mean, probably much more fundamentally. Like, it's the fact that I've already helped a few people, because they've told me I have, is is just gravy because just me saying this, these kinds of things, like coming out of the spiritual closet, like, yeah, I'm a freaking psychic. <laughs> like, yeah, I needed to say that out loud and really to really come into my own being. Like, and, and so I'm just hoping that people 
will be inspired to do the same for themselves in whatever little way works for them, right? And it's baby steps. You just do the next indicated thing. You don't have to do it all. Like when I started the podcast, so I was talking to my friend in a friend in teacher training who was just so inspired that I started a podcast. And I was like, yeah, well, everybody has a podcast. Like, and he was like, he's like, no, a lot of people talk about doing a podcast, but you did it. And I was like, yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> and it is, it was intimidating, which I talked about in the first episode that it's like, first I had to start, okay, I'm just going to start. I'm going to do the website and I'm going to create a logo. Like I'm creative, but I'm not a graphic artist. So like, and I made that logo. It's like, someday I might pay someone to do a more professional one, but I like it and it works right now. And I'm the one editing this, you know, I edit the audio and I had to figure out you podcasting is a little more complicated than you think. I mean, it's pretty easy, but you have to have a server to host your podcast and that costs money. And then you have to, and then that server sends it to all the platforms and all of it. It was just, it was completely new to me. And I just each, I would just do one step at a time. And the other thing I want to say is that when you take that one step, I, so I did that step where I created the logo and I sent it out to a few friends. And then my friend, Eric, who is a musician and a broadcast engineer was like, Oh, by the way, I have some equipment for you that I can, that I'm not using. And he gave me this mic. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and it was because I took that step and then the universe gives you things, like helps you, supports you on this, on the next journey. And also shout out to Eric because it's like, the, you know, I produced a podcast that actually has professional sounding audio. It's, and it's amazing that that is true. Like I really, I would not have known. And then I'm going to buy this. Actually, I did. I ordered this travel kind of podcasting kit that he recommended that he did a little bit of research and I trust him. And it's like, I have people in my life that have the answers to things. Like I don't have to know all of it. I can, I can ask for help. That was something that I told Guru Singh before I started the podcast. First of all, I, I told him that I was going to do it and it was a real, it was like when I did that, I was like, okay, now I really have to do it. It was sort of like almost an accountability thing. Like I told Guru Singh and he, and he will be on the podcast, I'm sure soon, but, um, we haven't set it up yet, but he said, and, and then I talked to him later, a couple of weeks later, and I was telling him how I realized that the fear of starting it, it wasn't the fear of failure. It was actually the fear of success. And he, it was, it was on our lunch break at, at teacher training. And he, he just like tapped his cheek and he said, give me a kiss. And I was like, so I gave him a kiss on the cheek and he was like, you just said something that so many people never admit to themselves that they think that if they're going to succeed, they can't ask for help. And it's so true. It's like you think that, oh, now if I do this thing and, and it actually succeeds, like then what? Then I have to be an expert in it. And the truth is I'm not an expert in it. There are very few things in my life that I'm an expert in. I'm an expert in identifying deep sea animals like there are a handful of people in the world that can do what I do in that aspect, but it's like, that's not all that useful to very many people. <laughs> I'm now an expert in managing social media, like, cause I do that at work, but there are very few things that I would call myself an expert in. And the truth is I don't have to be an expert to do it. And neither do you. 
You can do anything that brings you joy. What lights you up? And that's, and that is in life with your life purpose, but also in your spiritual journey. What is the practice that resonates with you? The more you do it, the more you want to do it. And then also, when, you know, I will say that with meditation, it takes commitment so that you, when you commit to something and you do it even when you don't want to, that's really important. So you follow what lights you up and then you do the thing even though you don't really feel like doing it right now, (laughs) you know, but you committed to doing it every day. And so you do it. And that is something that I will, I will say that Kundalini yoga has taught me is that grit of just doing, doing the practice every single day because I've committed to it. And that's something that I've done with this is I've only released three and a half episodes and I knew I've committed to releasing one every Wednesday. And so I knew I had to record one today because tomorrow I have a I'm working all day and then I have an appointment and then the next day is Wednesday. So I was like, okay, even though I'm tired, I drove all, you know, all morning and got home and kind of wanted to just lounge lounge around. I sat down and getting radically accepting of myself. (laughs) Um... So I think that is enough for today. But I hope that this this has inspired you to maybe take some action. This is a year of action. And to also believe radically accept your own experience and yourself. Because it's everything that's happening, like you get to a point where you you have to be able to discern between your mind talking to you and then what's what are these experiences you're having that are met- metaphysical and when you know you know and and I want you to trust yourself and one of the most powerful things that anyone told me this was a few years ago um it was a friend. I was at a party and it was a friend of a friend and she walked straight up to me and like, she's clearly psychic and she knew something about what I had just done that day. And I was talking to her a little bit and she said, the most important thing for you to know right now is that it's all real. Like what's happening is real. And so That's what I want to leave you with is if you have some vision or some experience in meditation or in your day or in, in any kind of out in nature or surfing or running and you get into that state of flow and oneness and you actually can recognize that you're, you're not just this human being that's real like you're not imagining that and you're sure as hell not crazy so with that (laughs) I'm going to stop so again thank you for listening I have I've been starting to line up some interviews so soon we will be having interview interviews um, with some really interesting people And I also want to just encourage you to send me a message. Let me know what you think. Um, Rate and review on the podcast platform of your choice. And just let me know if there's anything you'd like me to talk about and you'd like to hear my perspective on. That's always helpful, too. All right. Sat Nam. Sat Nam.